Redmond plays on, gets the shepherd. He's a good kick of the footy. Redmond! 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 Three in a row, and the Bombers are in front of the G. Archie Perkins, they know it's there! And the rapture spreads around Marvel Stadium! How good is this, Bomber fans? Hello and welcome to the flight plan, plotting essence path back to glory and fame. My name's Tom Davey, I'm your solo pilot this week, we're without Jasper Chalper who unfortunately is unavailable, all the best Jasper, we hope to have you back next week. But let's chat all things Essendon and we're talking about the 3-1 start for the season which has us in the top four, the good, the bad and the ugly from the GWS win and the tough month of footy ahead and what we can expect from the Bombers going forward. Let's kick it off with a 3-1 start to the season and how good is the top four for your Bomber fans? It's not something we've been familiar with over the past decade almost, but it's good to be back in the top four and feel competitive in games. You know, And across these opening four games, these are teams that, you know, they may have looked at this fixture pre-season, like the Hawthorns and GWSs and Gold Coast and thought, Essence is a team we can beat, but we've come out under Brad Scott and we're playing with a gritty style of football where it's more about system than personnel. Brad Scott keeps preaching this in the after-game press conferences, but it, he's exactly right in terms of playing to the structures and playing to a certain methodology that we want to use rather than relying on players' brilliance to get us over the line, which admittedly was the case on, on the weekend with Jake Stringer's brilliant four goals and a, and a 55-metre bomb that got us home in the fourth quarter. Here's Stringer, 55 out. He lets fly with a barrel. Oh, Jake Stringer. <laughs> How good. It's that individual brilliance that Essen's been lacking without Peter Wright and without McDonald Tip and Woody playing the entire three weeks of the season. Jake Stringer came back against St Kilda, but he's typically struggled first games back after an injury. And that was the case against St Kilda. He kicked one goal but had minimal impact. But he was the man to watch all afternoon. After a, a relatively quiet first quarter where he, he managed to kick one goal, he became the most dangerous ball on the ground. And every time the ball went in, in his vicinity, it seemed like he was having a shot at goal or sitting one up for someone else. And that 55-meter barrel just typified what makes Jake Stringer great. And he's that wild card that Essen has now that hopefully he can stay fit and fire for Essen because... He's the, he's the kind of match winner that can really turn it on against any team in the comp, and it makes us competitive if he's up and firing. Another player that bounced back sharply was Mason Redmond, who had a really disappointing game against St. Kilda after a brilliant fortnight of footy against Hawthorne and the Gold Coast, where he arguably could be in the Brownlow medal votes for either of those games, but he really bounced back sharply, and you know that Mason Redmond is up and playing great footy when he's roaming around that Ford 50. And I don't understand why teams leave this guy roaming. Redmond loves to run forward, and he knows already! He makes teams pay with his long kicking, his long-range bombs on the run, and a confident Mason Redmond taking the game on and adding an extra dimension to that running capacity that this Essendon defence has. It's invaluable for this team, and he's really a barometer for Essendon going forward. And... One last guy to touch on before we move on to the not-so-great stuff is Nick Martin. This kid is just a star in the making. We don't necessarily love anointing players before their time, but this kid seems to have something special. And it's crazy to think that this guy 
was potentially not going to get picked up. It was between him and Tex Wanganine selection in the preseason. And thankfully, the list management team elected to go with both guys because Nick Martin's come on and he's just taken the Essendon team by storm. He's a brilliant player. He kicked five goals on debut. We we know what he did there, but he's taken his game to the next level in season 2023. His foot skills are just dynamic and break the game open. Jasper has a compilation on Twitter. You'll have to go and check it out at uh, JasperC53. His kicking is brilliant. He gets forward to kicks goals. Most importantly, he runs hard and he plays that wing position to perfection. He's a guy that's going to lead this team for the next decade and be one of the better players, not necessarily just at Essen, but potentially in the competition. That's the scope I think that this guy has. Now, while there were plenty of positives to come out of the game, there was some not so great things. And unfortunately, this guy's been in the gun a little bit throughout the season, but Harry Jones probably needs a stint in the twos, and we can all see why based on the weekend. His leading patterns, Jasper and I spoke about, we watched him pretty closely just at the at the game, and it's not necessarily something you pick up on TV, but his leading patterns just seem like he is bereft of confidence and doesn't have much idea what he's doing. And speaking of confidence, that's something that's just absolutely left him when it comes to kicking for goal. He, he will pass off when he's inside 50, and... It's these shots that he has to be taking. And I spoke to Jasper about this after the game that, you know, potentially if he'd taken that mark and was paid in the first quarter, that big contester mark he took, and he went back and kicked the goal, it could have been a different outing for Harry Jones, but that's a moot point considering it didn't happen. And it's time that Patrick Voss gets a shot opportunity at AFL level because I don't think Harry Jones is cutting it. You know, people will point to this the selfless running that he does and the leading patterns that help open up the game. But I don't think that's enough at the senior AFL level when we're missing Peter Wright and we're potentially going to be missing Sam Wiedemann for a while. Harry Jones needs to step up and be a goal kicker and he hasn't done that. We definitely did not do that against GWS and you know Patrick Voss has been biding his time in the twos and playing several different roles for Brad Scott and he's been kicking bags of goals. He's been delivering a presence up forward that definitely has been lacking for this side, especially with Harry Jones. He doesn't really add physicality to the game. So Patrick Voss is a player that we've all all the fans have been crying out for. And I think that this weekend might be the time he gets the opportunity to, to play. And if he gets his opportunity to play this week, he'll be against Melbourne, which leads us into that tough month of footy that we spoke about coming up for Essendon. So, of course, we play Melbourne at Gather Round next week. Then it's Collingwood on Anzac Day, Geelong at the MCG, and then it's Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oaks. So that looms as four really tough games that we could potentially lose all four, but given how competitive we've been across the opening month of football, we need to go into these games with a lot of confidence, and there's no reason to think why we can't be competitive in all four. Melbourne will be a tricky game, but it's in Adelaide, which makes it a very interesting contest given that it's on neutral territory, and you know, these sort of surprise fixtures, these away fixtures where it's on neutral territory and both teams aren't quite sure about what's going to happen at Adelaide Oval. It's it's a potential game that we could sneak and maybe pinch off Melbourne. They are the best team in the competition right now, but anything can happen in these sort of games. So we need to be going in with plenty of confidence. And then Collingwood on Anzac Day, obviously this is a fixture that we would have penciled in pre season as one we need to be really competitive in and you know there's no reason to think that we can't win this game we've matched up really well against Collingwood in previous seasons and everyone will remember the Jamie Elliott kick after the siren last year but we had that game under control and if Harry Jones had kicked straight or even just kicking it sideways or backwards to milk the clock we would have came away with a win and just being within two goals on Anzac Day will give us a lot of confidence that we can be really competitive against Collingwood and you know I think we match up brilliantly 
in the midfield. I think their speed is something we can exploit against Collingwood. And they've always had trouble with Jake Stringer. He's always popped up and kicked bags against Collingwood. And we're hoping that he'll be fully fit going into this game because he'll be really important. The really tough one will be Geelong. It's going to be very interesting to see how the next three weeks of footy go for Geelong leading into that game because... They went, they went into Easter Monday and they looked pretty ordinary in the opening half against Hawthorne, a team that we really hammered in round one. And they turned it around pretty comprehensively in the third quarter and just smashed Hawthorne. But I'd be holding off on saying that Geelong are back on the basis of that game, given the caliber of opponent. But it's going to be a really tough matchup. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, obviously, is a guy that we really would need to lock down on. And it's going to be a tough one for us. But it's going to... It's going to be really a watch and see on Geelong for the next three weeks. And who knows, we could potentially go into that one with plenty of confidence that Geelong are a beatable team. And then lastly, going up against Port Adelaide, going to be a very tough proposition for us. Over at Adelaide Oval, they've been really good. So they, they destroyed Brisbane in round one. And then they traveled to Sydney last week and they put together a great performance against last year's grand finalists. And, came away with a win that no one really would have seen coming. And, you know, they're one of the most enigmatic and mercurial teams in the competition right now. And we just got to hope that they're off the game when we go over and play them. But it seems like one of the harder games of the four with uh, just the prospect of going over there and facing them in front of that uh, ruckus crowd. But it's a tough month of footy. If we can come away with at least two wins, it sets us up to have a really good tilt at finals. But finals footy is definitely something that Brad Scott's not going to be talking about. But just touching on the, the senior coach, how good is it to have a guy like Brad Scott who goes in the bat for his players? We saw the footy classified on Monday night. If you missed it, I'll, I'll provide the audio. Zach Merritt was good. I think he's having a good season, but he's still learning that defensive aspect of the game. Is that fair? Uh, no, that was structure over personnel. Ward's playing forward there. Zach's playing in the midfield. So that that we actually looked at that stoppage at halftime. That was a, a poor stoppage. Not all Zach's fault, but as a team, we needed to be better. The thing I really like about that clip is it's Brad Scott going into bat for his, his captain. It's going into bat for Zach Merritt, who was getting unfairly grilled by Kane Corns, who's typically looking for a reaction out of guys. He was looking for one out of Brad Scott, who kept level-headed, went into bat for Zach Merritt, and you know he, he came out of that looking great. He came out of that interview looking like the senior coach of Essen, who's got his head screwed on, but is passionate about the team and he's passionate about getting the best out of these players and that's essentially what we've been missing from a senior coach since James Herb was involved. We can begrudge what happened throughout the saga but you can never deny the fact that James Herb was passionate about Essendon and really wanted to, them to succeed. While John Worsfold was a steadying influence on Essendon during some tumultuous times, I never thought he was a truly passionate Essendon guy and I really wanted Ben Rutten to succeed as an Essendon coach, but he always felt like he had a little bit of emotional detachment from Essendon, and there's nothing wrong with that in terms of being a senior coach, but you know the, the fans have been crying out for someone who really cares and really gives a fuck about this club, and Brad Scott's filling that void for us tenfold, and he's added some acumen to this team, and so many of these guys have come out, Darcy Parrish, Zach Merritt, and Jordan Ridley in particular, Mason Redmond, have come out really glowing in what Brad Scott's message has been, which has been simplifying the footy, giving them a clear direction of what they need to do. And it's evident on the field. These guys know what their structures are. They know what they need to do. And they're really playing for one another and the coach. And the three-in-one starts exemplified that. The tough month of footy comes up now, which is really going to put it to the test and see if they maintain these structures and they maintain the willingness to compete and stay composed under pressure. But all signs point to a great 
month of footy coming up that's going to test us, really see where we're at as a footy club. And, you know, as a Bombers fan, I can't wait. The moment is his. The game is his. Now let's go on to the moment of the game, which would be easy to go with Jake Stringer here, who kicked the 55-metre bomb that sealed the game for the Dons and was the highlight that we heard earlier in the game and the and the thing that you'll be seeing over and over again throughout the entire season. But for me, it was the Zach Merritt goal in the start of the third quarter that really set the tone for the Dons. Thumps it deep to the square. Phillips again, the most likely. Hands to it. Menzi couldn't find a way out. Merritt falling, snapping, going. It was really three of the not necessarily unheralded players of the game, but three guys that really stood up and had an impact. Andrew Phillips was the last-minute inclusion. He was brilliant throughout the entire game, provided a contest and really made his presence felt throughout the entire game. Jai Menzi, who had a sneaky good game, what didn't hit the scoreboard like he would have liked, but he had 17 disposals, 10 of which were contested, and he had eight score involvements. He was really great. And then obviously Zach Merritt, the skipper, stepped up when we needed and kicked that vital goal. Really got the team going. He had 28 disposals himself, four tackles, and really set the tone. His defensive pressure, I thought, was fantastic. He had 27 pressure acts, 629 metres gained. He's been brilliant throughout this season, and Zach Merritt really set the tones for the Dons. But we might wrap things up there. My name's Todd Davey. You can find me at Todd J Davey on Twitter. Search for Jasper at JasperC53. Like Plan Pod on Twitter. Follow us on socials. Please share, subscribe. Thank you so much for bearing with me on this solo pod. Again, my name's Todd Davey. Thanks for listening to The Flight Plan, and we'll see you next time.